I'd like to welcome everybody back to Talking Softball with Coach B. And this has been a great ride. I've had a lot of fun with it. I'm getting some really good feedback from people. And I hope that we can continue to make this an even better opportunity for people to engage with our great game. Give me an opportunity to share some insight into the game. It's been a, a great ride. And, and I've been very fortunate to work with some great athletes and coaches and people. So I want to continue to watch this grow, and hopefully our followers will spread the word, and we'll get a lot of people tuning in as we move into 2022, which is amazing that the new year is already here. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about the offseason and what our players are engaging in, what they're doing, and what their mindset is going into the offseason. Um uh, I know that most every select team has wrapped up their fall season and they're going into the off season. High schools and colleges are in the off season now. So everybody's making plans. They're making team plans, uh, personal plans, and, and it's everybody's goal to try and get better during the off season. And I know that each player wants to be the best player they can be when they step back on the field with their teams in the spring. And today I just kind of want to talk about some of the things that I've done in my career and some of the tools that we've used throughout my career on helping players understand what it means to try to be the best. And we were very fortunate. We started using a number of self-development programs and books in the college programs I was with. And one that we use that I, I still use today, and I actually have a former assistant coach that's a high school coach here in the state of Texas. And I saw a Facebook post that she had. And in the background, she used one of the signs that we used in our dugout when she was a coach with me and it kind of leads into today and kind of created my thought process for what I wanted to talk about because I think that as we share ideas and as we try to provide insight that we understand a lot of these ideas come from other places. I'm not going to sit here and say that everything I share with you is my own personal idea or project that I developed. I was very fortunate to do a lot of reading and a lot of research during my college career, and I still like to do that. And one of those readings and one of those tools that we used was a book called The Training Camp by John Gordon. And John Gordon is a great self-help author and has some really good books available. The Energy Bus is another outstanding book that we used in our program. But today I want to talk about an excerpt from the training camp. And in the training camp, Gordon tells the story of a, a football player that wanted to be drafted and wanted to have an opportunity to play in the NFL, but always seemed to come up a little bit short. The coaches that were working with him he always seemed to find an obstacle to trip over, and the coaches really tried to motivate him on being the best because he kept saying he wanted to be the best player he could be but never quite had a roadmap or an understanding of what that meant. And within that book, they talk about the 11 traits of the best or the 11 things that the best do better than the rest. So that's kind of what I want to touch on today is I want to go through those 11 traits and talk about 
what it truly means to try to be the best. What should our goal be if we want to be the best? And, and I don't think this is just for players. I think it's for coaches. And, and I think there's some great messages here that we can use in our personal lives also. So let's jump right into it. When Gordon was talking about the, the traits of the best, the first one that he talked about was the best know what they truly want, right? At some point in their lives, and, and at some point in all of our lives, we have that aha moment, right? We kind of have that epiphany of, oh my God, this is what I want in life, right? I was watching one of my favorite shows the other night, and at the end of the show, this boy said, I know what I want to be when I grow up. And, and another gentleman asked him, what is that? He goes, I want to be him. And, and he pointed to the head of the family and the head of the ranch. And that message kind of resonated with me because I think that we all should have role models and people that we look up to. I hope as a father that my daughters look at me that way and they look at their mother that way that they want to be like us, and, and, and hopefully we've done a good job of that. But the best know what they want. They know what they want to be. They have that aha moment, and they identify, this is the path I'm going to go on. And then once you identify that path, then you develop a plan on what's going to keep you on that path. How do you avoid the distractions? How do you maintain focus on what you want to be or where you want to be? And, and I think players, that's really important. You know, again, we talked a couple weeks ago about, do you really want to be a college softball player? You know, what does that mean? Well, if that's truly what you want, then you have to have a plan to achieve that and reach that goal. Number two is, the best want it more. And this is something that is really identifiable today. You know, I've talked a lot about players making softball or sports a hobby rather than a lifestyle. And, and we see a lot of players that you can just see in their actions and their eyes that they don't really want it. But then you see that special player that you just see a burning desire in their eyes you see a passion in them that they just want it more than the other players. It just means more to them. It, it's an opportunity for them to really go out and, and challenge themselves to be great. And, and I've been fortunate to coach a lot of players that had that drive. You know, I, I coached a young lady that was a a two-time national player of the year and she was from a small town here in Texas and didn't really get recruited hard coming out of high school and never really played on a name organization and every time I went and watched her play I could just see the passion she had for being the best she could be and watching her develop and grow in our program and and getting to the level she did where she was recognized as a two-time national player of the year, and then she got a chance to play in the, the pro league, and, and now she's actually continuing to play softball and has her own bat contract, and, and she's in the military, and she helped lead her team to the military championship this fall, and just her passion 
for the game and her passion for the life are really key. You can tell that she wants it more. And if you want to be the best, you got to find a way to light that fire inside of you and create that passion. You know, if we just do this in order, you decide what you truly want, and then you have to create passion for what you want, and you have to create that want and desire to truly be the best. And I think number three continues in that order. And, and number three is the best are always striving to get better. And, you know, I don't think any player should ever reach a point where they're just satisfied with their game and don't expect more. You know, I do 30 plus hitting lessons a week and I want those hitters to come in and want more. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, what do you have to do to be better? Yeah, you're struggling on the inside third of the plate lately. We've got to get better. Let's not just walk away from that. Let's really challenge ourselves to get better in that zone and become a complete hitter, not just somebody that's only going to be able to hit certain pitches. And and I think as players, you want to be a complete player. You want to be a complete person. You know, I think that that's important. So I think we're always striving to get better. I know even at my point in my coaching career, I still strive to be better. You know, the game is always evolving and the game changes. And I think as coaches, we have to look at that and say, how do I change with that? Or am I going to be that that stalwart that just, you're going to do it my way. That's it. I'm not going to make these changes. I don't want to do it that way right? Well, do you get left behind when you do that? Because as the game evolves, the players evolve and and the coaching evolves and and you don't want to get left behind. You know, you don't want to be playing catch up. So I think that understanding that we're always striving to be better, we have to want it more. We have to have a passion But then we have to be striving to get better, to use that passion so that passion continues to grow. And I think this next one, I don't think people truly understand what that means in wanting to get better and strive to be better. I think people sometimes think that they have to learn new things all the time. Well, number four on the list of traits of the best is the best do ordinary things better than everyone else, right? They do the little things. They're really solid in the little things in the game, right? It's not all about making the ESPN play. It's about making sure that you make the routine play. You do the little things right? If you're running bases, you take advantage of the opportunity to pick up an extra base. You're always reading the defense to see what they give you. On defense, you're anticipating the ball to be hit to you rather than reacting to it after it's put in play. You know, you do the little things. You know, and I see this a lot when girls and and players are playing in the showcase type events, they think they have to do the, the really spectacular thing in order to be recruited. No, do the little things and do the little things right. Do the little things better than everyone else. And it will take care of itself, right? 
do the footwork things and make sure that you're getting your base in a good position before you worry about what's happening on the top side. Working in progression versus always working toward the end, right? You know, we talk about that in winning a lot. You know, everybody wants to win, win, win. Well, winning is really an outcome. It's all the work and preparation and, and, and execution of the little things that gives us an opportunity to win. You know, we talk about it a lot as a team. We want to win every pitch. If we win every pitch and we win every at-bat, that gives us an opportunity to win the inning. Well, if we win every inning, then winning the game just takes care of itself. And if we do that throughout a season, then we look at the success that we have, right? And I used to always look at the stats with how we scored, right? If we scored early in the game, if we outscored our opponents in innings one, two, three, and four, we usually won a high percentage of those games because we didn't have to play from behind. We didn't have to rely on what we did at the end to win. We took care of business from the start, and then the result just happened. And I think as players, we have to look at that in our off-season program. I'm not going to be the best tomorrow. I told somebody the other day, I'm not a microwave. I'm not a hitting instructor that you can come to me for one 30-minute lesson, and then you're going to be a great hitter. It's going to take time, and we're going to progress through the process of becoming a great hitter. And I think as players, we have to look at that in our off-season program right now is concentrate on the little things and let's progress through that before we just jump out there and try to make every ESPN play, right? And with that, we've talked about passion. We've talked about a plan, a direction, doing the little things. It all comes down to number five, which is the best Zoom focus. The best are able to take their focal point from out here where they see everything and they focus in on one thing. And, and I really see that a lot today. I mean, people are so busy and, and have so many things going on. There's so much multitasking taking place that they don't really focus on one task at hand, right? They don't focus on one task and complete that task, they have five or six tasks going on at once. Well, if I zoom focus and I dial in and I finish that task before I go on to the next one, again, if I'm working in progression, it gives me a chance to get better and it gives me a chance to continue to grow and develop. But if I'm just multitasking and doing everything on the table at one time, it's a crapshoot on how well I'm really going to perform each of those tasks. You know, and some people do a good job handling that. But if you want to truly be the best you can be and be better than the rest, you have to focus in on the task at hand. Be where your feet are and be the best you can be right there. Not what's tomorrow, not what's four years from now or two years from now, right now right here today, right here in front of us, 
what do I need to focus on to be better? And the best do that. The best have great focus and understanding of the task at hand, okay? Number six, the best are mentally stronger. And I think this is a big one today. We've had a lot of things happen over the last couple of years. We've dealt with a lot. And as, as families, as parents, as children, it's been a major evolution over the last two years. But I hope that through all of this, it challenges us to be mentally stronger and really understand that it's going to be okay. If I keep my path, if I know what I truly want, and I want it more than someone else, and I strive to be better on a regular basis, and I concentrate on doing the little things and really focus on it, it's going to help me be mentally stronger, right? Life's not a sprint, but it's really not a, a marathon either. It's really a series of sprints, right? You have a sprint, then something happens, and then we have another sprint, right? And on top of that, you throw a boxing match in there. Because every once in a while, we're going to take a punch, and we're going to get knocked down, or we're going to have a setback. Well, if we're mentally strong, we can recover from that. And it makes us better, because we learn in those situations. We can learn from adversity. We're not just running, right? We're not just running through life. Every once in a while, we're going to get hit. We're going to get blindsided by something or we're going to get hit head on with something. But we have to know how to recover from that. And we have to know if I stay mentally strong through this, I'm going to be better. You know, some of my players that might be listening are going to laugh about this because I've coached in some cold areas of the country. I can admit it to them now, cold is cold. But I used to always tell them that cold was a state of mind because we'd be out at practice and the wind would be blowing or it'd be cold out. And they're like, coach, why are we out here practicing in this? It's cold out here. So cold's a state of mind. You're only cold if you let your mind think you're cold. If you're stronger mentally, you won't be cold. I can admit today, I don't like the cold. And there were a lot of days I was cold out there, but I was not going to let my team think that I was cold because I was going to be mentally stronger and challenge them to be mentally stronger to get through that, right? Because if we could get through that, then we could handle that situation where we're down a couple of runs late in the game and things just haven't been going right. All we needed to do was fight through and stay mentally strong and figure out a way to be successful. And a lot of times we did that. Okay. So we've gotten halfway through the list. I, I love this information. I, one of the best things I've ever done is start reading John Gordon books because every one of them has a great message to it. And this message is outstanding. I use this list a lot now. Number seven the best overcome their fears. I think that today, <laughs> I see a lot of players, and I talk to my hitters about it daily. You're afraid to fail. You're afraid to strike out. You're afraid to not drive that run in. You're afraid that you're going to let people down 
if you don't get it done? Well, flip the coin. What if you drive a ball in the gap and you're the hero, right? Then you don't have anything to be afraid of, right? You know, kids are not born with fear. As humans, we're not born with fears. We learn our fears, right? You know, that's why little kids, they fall off of stuff and they do things and everybody's like, oh my God, they're going to they're gonna break their neck. They're not afraid of that, right? But over time, they're going to learn from that and, and hopefully not develop a fear, but learn what's safe for them, right? But if we take it to the extreme, then we develop a fear. Then we're afraid of it. And, and the fear of failure, it, it locks people up. It, it keeps people from taking the chance to be successful because all they want to think about is failure. And when I talk to my hitters, I'll tell them, I only want you thinking about three things. I want you to see the ball, and I want you to be on time, and I want you to hit the ball hard. Don't worry about the runners on base. Don't worry that the pitcher's better than you or you just went 0 for 3. I'm going to tell a story in one of our later episodes about a young lady that probably had the biggest athletic moment in her life and in program history, the young lady that hit the home run that won the national championship in 2014, she was 0 for 2 in her first two at-bats and, and came up in the top of the seventh inning and hit a three-run home run because she wasn't afraid to fail. And, and the great thing is because she wasn't afraid to fail, as an athlete, she hasn't been afraid to fail as a person, and she's a very successful young lady. So I think we have to learn how to overcome our fears. And then, number eight, the best seize the moment. You know, I said it earlier that be where your feet are and focus on the task at hand. The best, they're not thinking during that game or during that competition, what if I win? Or what if I lose? What if I strike out? What if I hit a home run here? They stay in the moment, right? When you're in and at bat, it's not about the last pitch or it's not about the next pitch. It's about the pitch that's coming at you. Are you prepared to hit that pitch? On defense, you might have kicked the last ground ball that was hit to you. But if you're thinking about that, you're probably going to kick the next one. We got to learn how to let some of that stuff go away. We got to let go of that stuff and be prepared. You know, we used to talk about step in the circle. Don't think when you're in the circle. Be prepared. Be ready. Right? If you want to think about it, that's when you step back and get outside the circle and think through everything, but when you step into the circle, you're ready and you're in the moment ready to make that play. So remember, the best sees the moment. So this offseason, if you want to be the best, you got to learn how to seize that moment. You can't be worrying about the last pitch or afraid of what's ahead. Take care of now, right? I, I used to say a lot, and I still do to our players, if what is behind us is more important than what is in front, the rear view mirror in your car would be bigger than the windshield. And that's not the case, right? 
We don't need to be looking behind us. We need to be looking in front of us and looking at the big picture and being prepared for the moment. Number nine, the best tap into a power greater than themselves. The best are conductors, not resistors, right? The best understand that there's power generated around them that they need to use to be successful, right? You, you the, talk about the strength of the wolf is the pack and the strength of the, of the pack is the wolf, right? And you can't be on this path by yourself. If you want to be the best, you need to surround yourself with people that have positive energy and high energy and are working for a common goal. We need to tap into that energy from each other and create synergy and, and make the power of the whole group at each individual stronger, right? But we sure don't want to be a resistor and stand back and go, no, I don't need all of those people. I don't need my teammates. I just need to be me. I need to take care of me, not worry about them. Softball's a team sport. We need the whole team. We need everybody. A pitcher needs a solid defense behind her. If that's not there, she can't be very successful unless she strikes everybody out, right? An offensive lineup is made up of a group of good hitters. Because if you just hit a solo home run, that's just one run. But if we can score five runs in an inning, it took the whole team to do that, and we gave ourselves a chance to be successful, right? So we want to be able to tap into a power greater than ourselves. We want to find that, that higher and greater power is guiding and fueling us on our journey to be the best, okay? The best leave a legacy. And I think this is something that, that players and athletes need to understand. You leave a legacy. Is it a positive legacy or a negative legacy? Whatever it is, it's a legacy, right? The best live and work hard with a bigger purpose. They leave a legacy by making their lives about more than just them. That's a powerful statement, right? We just get through the holiday season, and a lot we talk about during the holiday season is giving to others, you know, engaging in community service projects, just being nice to people, right? My daughters would tell you that one of the things that I taught them when they were young was never miss the opportunity to do the right thing, right? Never miss an opportunity to help someone out. You know, I think that leaving a legacy is key. And I think that every player should understand that they're going to leave a mark and they want it to be a positive one, right? You know, older players, there's lots of young eyes watching you. Do they want to be you when they grow up? Or do they look at it and say, man, I don't want to be like her. Just like that little boy on Yellowstone. I know what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be him. Well, does every little softball player look at you and say, I want to be like her? And I think we have to understand that. And coaches, we need to cultivate that. Those of us that are in organizations, our older teams, 
need to be leaving a legacy for those younger players coming up behind? You know, are, are they somebody that they look up to and want to be like, or are they somebody they look at and say, wow, I don't, I don't want to do things the way she did. And then number 11 and the last one on the list is the best make everyone around them better. You know, we'll talk about leadership at a later point. But I think the best are leaders, right? The best are leaders in the group, hopefully. And, I, you know, I always want to challenge our leaders to make sure that everybody on the team is preparing to be the best, not just them, right? You know, if you're that player that is going out and doing everything you can and you're focused and you're on a path and you're concentrating on the little things, grab a teammate. Have them do the same thing, right? Because through your pursuit of excellence, you could inspire others to do the same thing. One person in pursuit of excellence raises the standards of everyone around them. And as they strive for greatness, they're going to bring out the greatness in others. So I think there's, I, I think there's a lot to be said through these 11 traits. And again, I don't think it's just on the softball field or the football field or the basketball court. I think that we can use these not only in the athletic world, but also in life. And I think it really gives us purpose to what we're doing. When you look back at your life, you want to identify the purpose that you had rather than just looking back and going, wow, I really haven't done much, right? Now that means you're going to take some chances. That means you're going to have some failures. But if you want to truly be the best, you have to give yourself that opportunity to fail and overcome that failure and learn through those experiences. So I, I think this was a, a, a good topic for the off season. It's something that we're going to talk about a lot with our national team. And, and I'm going to give this to all of our coaches to use, but it gives definition to what being the best really means. Because I think a lot of people just look at being the best as being the person that gets all the praise. But there's a lot of work that goes into being the best. And if you're going to truly try to achieve that, then you've got to make sure that you possess or learn how to develop these 11 traits. So best of luck in the off season. I want to wish everyone uh, the best of success. And if there's ever anything we can do, I want you to please reach out and, and contact me. And, you know, good luck. Well, that's it for today. I want to thank everyone for listening. And I hope you're enjoying Talking Softball with Coach B. I ask you to subscribe through your local podcast provider. You can also follow us on facebook.com slash talking softball gives you an opportunity to provide feedback and also provide any questions that you might want us to answer on an upcoming episode this has been talking softball with coach b and i want to thank you for listening and i hope everybody has a great day